This is the Troll Patrol. Why? With Justin. Freaking. Alright, so apparently Mike Garcia has declared victory. California's 27th. Breaking news as we come on the air. Courtesy of one and two, baby. In the Discord. So go, go, Mike Garcia. Fucking A, Bob Dobbs. I should probably look up who the fuck Bob Dobbs is. <laughs> oh. I'm feeling good because I know whenever I get off of here, whenever I'm done talking to you fucks, I get Mexican food. <laughs> Your user asked me if I wanted Mexican food. And I'm like, fuck, the wood, like... The way it's going, like you, you will get back with Mexican food, like right as I'm getting off of the stream, unless I get a caller that that has me yell at him for an hour. Then that kind of throws a wrench in things. Like fuck yeah, I want Mexican food. I should look up who Bob Dobbs is. Do any of you guys know who Bob Dobbs is? Because I endorse Bob Dobbs. <laughs> Just based on the name alone. I like alliteration. So Bob Dobbs already won me over based on name alone, but he could be a pedophile or something. J.R. Bob Dobbs is the figurehead of the parody religion, the Church of the Subgenius. Interesting. The image is derived from a piece of 1950s clip art, according to Subgenius Dogma. Bob was a drilling equipment salesman who in 1953 saw a vision of God JHVH1 on a television set he had built. Interesting. It appears there was a movie on this. I had no idea. This is all new to me. But welcome. Welcome, RB. Welcome, Voodoo. I don't know if I saw Arby. Lenny, good evening, Warlord, my friend. And not you. I believe I said that correctly tonight. If I if I did not, please correct me. You and Bob Dobbs are my friends. So glad to see everybody. Got some news for you. We got some fuck news and fuckery. Perhaps that should be the the description in Twitch. News and fuckery on the freaking channel. I actually, I actually, we don't worry. We're gonna get, we're gonna get to Arizona news. And boy, do I have, I have some Cary Lake for you. If you want some Cary Lake, we got some Cary Lake for you. We've got Cary Lake on the Charlie Kirk show. We've got Cary Lake on with. Uh, hold on, hold on. Who else was she on with? Carrie Lake was on with Steven Crowder. We we have Carrie Lake on with Steven Crowder. We got Carrie Lake getting pushed back from a an NBC reporter on election night, the a clip that, that we didn't get to see before. Or at least I didn't. That you warlord tr- tweeting about the Charlie Kirk in the the Discord. Fuck Charlie Kirk. He he looks down on you 
It says that you live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? With his little small face and his little tiny hands. So you're showing me this tweet from Charlie Kirk from just a few minutes ago, might I add. But if you had been watching Troll Patrol coverage of the election, you would know that there was a perimeter around the Maricopa County uh, uh, Tabulation Center because we watched live reports that that showed the perimeter behind the reporter. We have covered this. Freak Daddy ain't ain't gonna lead you wrong. The best, the best predictions of anybody on Twitch, I do believe. Now, it's quite possible that the Democrats will uh, only hold the Senate with a 50-50 split. It's still possible that they lose the Senate. I don't think it's probable. I do think the Democrats will pick up one seat. And that the Republicans will take control of the House with a razor-thin margin of two or three seats. The Democrats can still hold the House. It's still in play. We're going to talk about that. You're going to get an update on, on all that good shit. Also, here's something the pundits directly contradicted me today. There's a million stories about it. This is one of these things. As we were doing election coverage, I kept pointing out that the punditry... Was no more insightful than me. I kept saying shit, and they kept saying the same shit I was saying. My predictions were better than theirs. My predictions were better than theirs. And now all of them were saying that Kevin McCarthy was going to be safe uh, in a speakership. Uh 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 who's been telling you all along that there was gonna be a fight if there was no red wave, if Kevin McCarthy didn't produce an overwhelming majority if it was razor thin, then the batshit crazy wing of the party was going to give him a challenge. Guess who was right on that? I'm just saying, why why do they have some of these crusty old fucks that are wrong all the time on the cable news making these million dollar contracts? Justin Freakin is just as good as any of them and would work for a hell of a lot less. Change my mind. I think I could live comfortably in New York City on 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 three hundred grand a year. You could re- MSNBC. You could replace one of your pundits that's making a million dollars a year with one of me, three hundred grand a year. Just saying, I know how to live frugal. From one of the poorest areas in the world. I'd be living high on the hog with 300 grand. Now, I, I asked for that much only because it's New York City. New York City! You gotta, you gotta, you gotta have at least a little chunk of cash to live in New York City. But I'm just saying, MSNBC. My phone lines are open. 917-830-4359. Sky Comet. Good evening. 
How are you, my friend? Something happened in the Twitch. I don't even know what happened. I don't know what that symbol was for. I don't know what that graphic came up for, but thank you. I feel like somebody spent some money trying to persuade me not to go to MSNBC. Surely. Oh, thank you, Lenny. Thank you for the tip. I, it did like it. Nothing, nothing, uh, uh, else indicated what was going on, but thank you so much, my friend. I'll still take that MSNBC money. That's what 300 K I think could get me an all right studio apartment. What it do, baby? Uh, we've tried to get them to call in. I think they are. I think they are DM posing as a sock puppet. I think that's what's going on with them. We've we, we've we've tried to get them to call in, and they won't. What else are we talking about tonight? I I I feel that it's not of much news value, but it's just because it's been a long week and we all deserve it. We're going to meet the idiot who told Republicans that there was going to be a red wave. It was a pollster from Trafalgar Group. He's the reason why Republicans have been confident these last few weeks. We did the story uh, not that long ago, maybe a week ago, about how maybe you shouldn't listen to these new polls that are coming out because it seems like there's a flood of biased polls towards Republicans, possibly to try to depress the vote on the Democratic side. Seems like that might have been a strategy. We're going to meet the idiot behind it. We're going to watch Chris Hayes laugh about the idea of a red wave. And then we're going to watch Tucker Carlson cope. And it's it's about a 20-minute segment, so we're going to watch Tucker Carlson cope. So uh, I, I feel like that's just kind of, you know, uh, what do they call it, schadenfreude for us. We just get, a, we get about a 30-minute segment where we're just going to laugh at right-wingers for being stupid. But, 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 don't think I don't want to take the piss out of the Democrats as well. <laughs> here's here's the familiar meme of the dude on the podium probably losing the House. Possible 50-50 Senate. Maybe. Well, there's a runoff, but no red wave. But acting like they won while being in third place. Don't think I ain't going to take the piss out of the Democrats as well, because they deserve it. Come on, man. On the, on, the, on, the, on the one side, you have the historical trends all going against the Democrats in this election. But I counter that with the fact that the Republicans are just a party of chuckle fucks that have no plan, no direction, no principles... And are literally telegraphing a fascist takeover of the country. So for you to come out with maybe a 50-50 Senate, probably losing the House, is still a pretty big indictment on how shit you are as a party. 
So congratulations. Right wingers and morons, and that includes the right wingers in the Democratic Party. That's one of the reasons why I love that phrase so much. People get so riled up by it. Right-wingers are morons. I use it because it encompasses the entirety of the Republican Party, the Libertarian Party, or at least the part of the Libertarian Party that I have beef with, and a good portion of the Democratic Party. Dr. King's speech on the white moderate fucking... Still rings true and maybe even more fucking true today. But we're going to watch some right wing cope tonight because we, we earned it, right? We earned it. But just, I wanted your meme of the day still put things in perspective with the Democratic Party. I'm not high enough for this shit. Also, tomorrow night, I'm not going to do a freak show. Uh, been busy with all the election shit. Didn't even book a guest. Uh, just going to... I'm, I'm going to come on. I'll be on at the exact same time as the freak show. We'll just do a fucking round stream. Because I'm also... I'm not on YouTube. I'm not on Facebook right now. I'm still banned on both of them for two more days. So, look for, look for us back on YouTube on Sunday night. Live stream back on YouTube. Clips will start going up on YouTube again, including clips from this past week. We'll we'll even get clips from election night. Us watching Chank and Anna uh, talk to Matt Gates. We'll put up the clip of uh, watching Washington Journal uh, call-ins. That was fantastic. I was really slap happy, and like every caller said something that was like lyrics to a song and I would start singing a song. It was very, it was a very wild morning. Curiouser said my eyes were like welded shut when she brought breakfast to me. Man, I went over here and I lay back on the futon and I ate the rest of my chitty rounds and my ham biscuit. And I, I kept, kept watching uh, Washington Journal call-ins because they're hilarious. I think I watched the whole show before I actually fell asleep. Had a lot of fun on election night, though, despite all of the problems with the internet. Wish I could have done the marathon and made it all night. Sorry for giving everybody a gazillion notifications every time it connected and disconnected. I didn't even think about notifications. I would have turned those off. I didn't want to bother you like that. Okay, after we get after we get our right wing cope out of the way, we we got to get our update on what's going on in the election. We're gonna look at the three possible Senate scenarios. We're gonna talk about why the red wave only occurred in Florida. Then we're going to watch more Cope with uh, Kaylee Maganani saying that DeSantis should campaign for Walker and that Trump should postpone his uh, <laughs> his announcement. He's announced his announcement for next Tuesday, remember? 
We're gonna talk about what 2022 means for 2024, and we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into exactly what I was right about. McCarthy going to face a challenge for the speakership should the Republicans take control of the House, which is still not a lock. More right wing cope as Mike Huckabee blames the globalists. Says that the Republicans can't go globalist. A governor's a gov a governor candidate's campaign party devolved after found after finding out that he lost. God damn, I can't talk tonight. I'm not high enough for this shit. I'm still really tired, guys. The Screaming for that long, like it, it being on, it does take a lot out of you. A gubernatorial candidate's party, campaign party, devolved after finding out that he lost. We're going to hear from an Arizona candidate who declared victory, only to find out that he didn't win and he's behind. More right-wing cope as Carrie Lake goes on with Steven Crowder and Charlie Kirk. Even more right-wing cope as we see that clearly the Murdoch-owned outlets had a concerted effort to try to dump Donald Trump. A concerted effort to dump Donald Trump. Speaking of Trump, a judge has smacked down right-wing claims about Russia. You 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 may hear some of the uh, bullshit claims that we hear from people like Robin Noer that I, I debated not that long ago. Some of these claims were just absolute bullshit, and it's now on record in a court of law that it's absolute bullshit. Apparently, I'm going to have to show you video... And clarify that Nancy Pelosi is not being arrested in this video. Being escorted by Secret Service. There are right-wingers circulating this video of Nancy Pelosi and saying that Nancy Pelosi is being arrested in the video. They are really, really dumb. They're so dumb. Speaking of dumb, sheriff's deputies in Florida... Arrested a blind man. They accused him of having a gun. He did not have a gun. He had a walking stick. You heard me right. They arrested a blind man. Legally blind man. He was walking down the road. They accused him of having a gun. I thought I thought Florida was an open carry state anyway. I might be wrong on that. Walking around with a gun was your right here in the United States. You're in mass shooting USA, motherfuckers. RB, meat cakes, simp. Good evening, friends. So glad to see you. You got here just in time for the news. We were just running down the things we're going to be talking about. An Alabama councilman lugged the mayor of the town, apparently in a racist rant. And it's on video. We got video of that. As well, we got video of the arrest of the blind man. 
A school in North Carolina is now changing its name. It was apparently named after a violent white supremacist, but nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Who knew? Who would have thunk it? Video of a UK student has went viral and caused her to be banned from campus. You know it's it's bound to be uh, uh, pretty shitty. Alex Jones ordered to pay another almost half a billion dollars on, on, on top of the billion he's already in the hole. All that and more tonight on the Troll Patrol live. Welcome. Good evening. Hey, Justin, are you trolling? Always be trolling, bitches. Always be trolling. Let's get a little more high. We're going to get into this because we got a lot of right wing cope to go through. Just because it's the end of the week, you deserve it. It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday, so you guys, you deserve all the right-wing cope. It's been a long week, it's been a long month of hearing about the red wave that was coming, how the polls were shifting against Democrats, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch all this shit, let me cue us up. Uh, the first thing we're going to do is meet the idiot behind the apparent deluge of polls that had all the pundits perplexed to going into the election. Meet the pollster who convinced Republicans that there would be a red wave. Turns out he was super duper wrong about almost everything. And I mean, uh, look at the guy. Robert Kahali. I love this late article right here. says, uh, it captions this picture. Robert Kahali in the midst of saying something that probably turned out to be wrong. I mean, it was on Fox News, so that is also a pretty good indication that it's something that's pretty wrong. Let's review some polls issued by the Atlanta-based Trafalgar Group in the weeks before Election Day, then compare them to the actual results. All percentages are as of publication time. This Trafalgar Group poll... Shows Oz taking the lead in the tight race uh, to the end. Fetterman won by four points. New Trafalgar Group poll shows Shapiro still leading, but Mastriano closing the gap. Shapiro won by 14 points. New Trafalgar Group shows incumbent Murray still slightly in the lead, but shaping up to be a surprising nail-biter. Patty Murray won by almost 14 points. Trafalgar Group shows challenger Michaels increasing lead. This is in the Wisconsin governor's race. Evers won by three points. Good evening, Tones. We're, 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 we're covering how wrong this dude was. This was the dude that gave Republicans the hope that there was going to be a red wave overtaking us in the midterms. He was wrong about pretty much everything. Uh, this is uh, incumbent Bennett holding lead, but gap closing for Joe O'Day. Oh my God, he showed Joe O'Day within one point. Bennett won by 11 points. Uh, 
shows challenger Dixon with a razor-thin lead going into Election Day. Whitmer won by 11 points. Not razor-thin, that's razor-big. New Trafalgar group poll is turning out to be one to watch with Zeldin holding a razor-thin lead in a statistical tie over Kathy Hochul. Hochul won by five points. Apparently, Bobert is still holding on. Looks like it's going to go to a recount. So Trafalgar Group guy is the one that was giving the the hopium to the Republicans leading up to Election Day. We're going to watch video now of Chris Hayes apparently reacting to the idea of a red wave. This should be fun. We this is this is us. This is us watching the copium here. Most people, including us here at the desk, imagine, just imagine being a viewer of Fox News today after weeks of being promised one. Be an analyst for a second. Does it feel like a red wave? It feels like a red wave, Brian. You know, your predictions of a red wave are accurate. Somebody made a surfboard, said the red wave is coming. Red wave rising. That red wave that I'm convinced is coming. The reports I'm seeing show a big red wave coming. Sleepy Joe just guaranteed a red wave in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of energy on the ground. You probably hear the rally in the background right now. We think we're going to have a big red wave in Michigan. Uh Democrats are bracing for the worst case scenario, a red tsunami. We are officially on a red tsunami watch. Sean, we're going to see a red tsunami. Red tsunami grows. That means red tsunami. We're not just going to see a red wave. We're going to see a red tsunami. Poverty, joblessness, critical race theory, crazy gender ideology in our schools. We are going to see a red tsunami. And lastly, your prediction for tonight. I think we're going to have a red wave. I think it's going to be maybe bigger than anyone thought. We will be part of a big red wave that says enough is enough. Not even a red wave, ma'am. You may not hold on to your seat. Next, Elon Musk ready to ride the big red wave. Elon Musk tweeted massive red wave. Massive red wave. Massive red wave. Massive red wave. You are about to see a red wave that makes day after tomorrow look like nothing. That's going to be responsible for the red wave. I think the red wave that's coming is going to be like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. (laughs) Rogan said that the red wave is going to look like the elevator doors opening and the blood pouring out of the elevator in The Shining. Like the elevator doors opening up in The Shining. That is correct, except it's not going to... I want to point out what is going on here. These people are telling their audience exactly what they want to hear for clicks. They are absolutely full of shit. Be an elevator. It's going to look more like Deep Impact, the tsunami at the end, but colored red. Remember that Taya Leone Deep Impact disaster movie? That's the red wave tsunami that'll come ashore. It's going to be a brutal week for the Democrats beginning on Tuesday. And frankly, I've already DVR'd CNN and MSNBC for election well, night. Ted because I'm going to watch, but just because I want to enjoy the tears post-red uh, tsunami. What happened to the red wave, Congresswoman? What happened? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'm back at the panel here. Uh, we've got Stephanie Rule uh, remotely as, as well. Um, Ellie, 
there was so there were two things that was happening. One was Republicans were psyching out the public, and also I think believed it. I don't think they like they were they were lying to themselves, but they believed their own lies. I really do think they went into last night. Uh, did they really believe their? I mean, the the idiot ass Republicans watching believed it. I was wondering what I was hearing. Like I was hearing thump 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 thump. What's going on? The kitten's in here. The kitten is in here. That's the thumping that I heard. I being like, we're going to win 45, 50, 60, 65 seats. But a lot of the mainstream press got caught up in it and set these expectations that, that what you were seeing in the, in the sort of Trumpian channels that we were uh, showing there were, was actually what was going to happen. Every election, we asked each major party to do an autopsy to figure out what went wrong in their electoral map, right? We never asked the media to do the same yeah, thing. And it's time for the media to do an autopsy on itself about what went wrong, because we just spent the last six weeks going through every crime story that you wanted to go through, being inundated with fake polls showing Republican strength. We weren't talking about abortion. We weren't talking about the valiance of people on the ground. People need to get out of this city, which I live in and love, go over the GW and see what else is out there because at some point the media has to take can hire Justin Freegan and think critic look and it starts at home right honestly Chris if you hear me quote uh, the GW bridge I assume if, if you hear me quote anything written by a Nate on your show again <laughs> just smack me no, upside I, but I, I strongly people have to get better at I strongly this. disagree with that last part though because I think one of the things that you look at is if you look at the good high quality polling for instance the New York Times polling the Nate Cohen polling at New York Times it was pretty on the money. What happened was the narrative got very detached from the numbers. The, like, if you looked at the numbers, the numbers were not suggesting a huge blowout. There was a lot of junk polling from. Yes, there's a lot. But I'm saying it's how how did Justin freaking call it? Five thirty-eight projection, which had the Senate at fifty-fifty. It had a one in six chance the Democrats would take the House. I mean, or retain the House. Like the narrative was so self-fulfilling, David. And- Exactly. What's he saying yesterday? This kitten kitten is all over the fucking place back here. It's causing a riot. I don't see where she is to be able to grab her to show her to the stream. Should that happen, I will grab a kitten. Everyone deserves a kitten. After the week we've had, we deserve a kit. You don't deserve what I'm getting ready to show you. I don't like whether this is good or bad is depending on your perspective. I'm going to hit the content warning. OMG sticks. Good evening, my friend. Thank you for being here. Whether you enjoy this or not depends on like your tolerance for pain this is, this is this is part of the right wing cope section of the show. This is the we're gonna watch a lot of Tucker Carlson. We're gonna watch a lot of, like already his face. His face is is froze on a on a frame that is is he's befuddled. He's befuddled. This is him reacting to the results of the midterm election. And the non-materialized red wave from Yesterday's last night. midterm elections. Well, we wish we could tell you with some precision that's our job, but we can't because in a number of key races around the country, we still don't have a vote total. 
In Arizona, for example, there is no declared winner in the Senate race or in the governor's race. At this point, it seems likely that both Carrie Lake and Blake Masters will win. We'll be speaking to Carrie Lake in just a minute. What? By the way, if you need the update, I've still got the graphics up over here. NBC now lowering their projection uh, by one seat for the Republicans. They have the Republicans taking the House by three seats. That projection is still plus or minus seven. You can see the Senate. They've they've shifted the, the graphic a little bit there. That's not me. That's them. Hold on. There's the Senate numbers as they stand right now. There are still three seats at play. Georgia, Nevada, Arizona. Oregon called for Dems in the governor's race. This is NBC News, and they're going off of the AP. I'm not sure exactly who made the call. But I've still got the graphics up. If anybody needs an update on like where anything's at, we've still got the election graphics going. Let me know. This is a Reuters map. It gives us the rundown. The U.S. map is Senate races. But it also details governor's races up at the top. Back to Tuggy Boy and his cope. About that. But according to news reports, the official results may not be in for more than a month. A month. Officials in Arizona told CNBC today that they are, quote, prepared to work through Thanksgiving and possibly Christmas as well. That means results by New Year's in a race that was held in early November. That seems late. How late is it? Well, by comparison, the results of the 1862 midterm elections, which were tabulated by candlelight without machines or even electricity in the middle of a raging civil war, were clear before the end of the week. That was the entire country. Arizona is a single state, which, by the way, is a fraction of the size of Florida, which, as you may have noticed, counted its votes in less than a day. So did Brazil, an entire country. That seems embarrassing, if not like a full-blown emergency. Counting the votes isn't some added extra you get for government. If they have a surplus, like fighting climate change or bringing equity, counting the votes is a core function of government, along with law enforcement, maintaining the roads, keeping the border secure, efficient elections are the reason you pay taxes. But Arizona doesn't seem to have them. Why is that? Don't ask, commands CNN. If you've got questions about this or any other election, no unauthorized questions. Instead, watch CNN. Or if you don't have cable, simply trust your local officials. You see, that's our first votes, and that's the wonder of democracy, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. And I wanted to point that out to be a little bit of the crank in the room following Brianna there. Stay off social media, people, if you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to figure out, are there really issues with votings? Trust your local officials. Trust us here. Trust a news source that you know and trust, to be honest about this. They're doing their jobs, and they're doing it right. They're doing their jobs. They're doing it right. <laughs> really, CNN? Can we get a little more reporting on that? How right are they doing it? Pretty funny. What a miss. The state of our election systems in many places is indeed pretty embarrassing, but so honestly were the results of last night's elections. Republicans swore they were going to sweep a red tsunami 
That's what they told us, and we, to be honest, cautiously believe them, but they did were, not... Weren't you the pundit that was telling people that? The Republican Party, in the end, may take control of the House and the Senate, but only by a tiny margin at best. That's great, but it was not the plan. The plan was really simple. It seemed easy a week ago. An unpopular president, a faltering economy, an open border, the looming risk of nuclear war. How about that? Put how about together, that? How could there not be a massive Republican win nationally? Wins everywhere. Well, there weren't. Some exceptions, but overall, there weren't. Because Joe Republicans are popular. Punished. In fact, he was out there bragging about himself today. Pretty frustrating. He wanted Republicans to win, not simply because they're so great, but because Democrats are so very bad. And that's not an overstatement. So what happened? Well, before we give you our theories as to what happened, one obvious point, the people whose job it was to win but did not win should go do something else now. We're speaking specifically of the Republican leadership of the House and the Senate and of the RNC. There's nothing personal. Some of them are no doubt nice people. Well, we're going to hear from Kevin McCarthy in a little bit. Of dollars to paint the map red, and they didn't. It doesn't mean they're evil. It doesn't mean they should be jailed. It does mean they shouldn't be promoted. No one should ever be rewarded for failure. If there's a truly conservative principle in life, it's the principle of the meritocracy. You reward excellence. You do not reward mediocrity. And when you do, things fall apart. Democrats kept promoting Tony Fauci, despite his obvious ineptitude. What is that? That's corruption. Republicans should never do anything like that. And if they do, what's do the point? Do I need to point out the obvious here? So the question is, why did Republicans underperform? Tucker talking They're about a meritocracy. It was about abortion. Suburban ladies were mad about Roe. That's certainly plausible in some places, probably true. On the other hand, a number of resolutely pro sexual anarchy for you until Roe v. Wade is protected. That would include Ron Johnson. You live in sexual anarchy. Ted Budd in North Carolina, pro-lifers all. So abortion may have been a factor, but it's not the whole answer. Many others are saying that Donald Trump is the reason Republicans didn't. Republicans have performance problems. That's a more complicated question. The truth is, we can't really see the entire picture. Explains a lot. (laughs) Excuse us. I mean, the truth is, Trump has always been a mixed blessing politically. The downsides are marbled in with the upsides. Excuse this us? It's certainly not the single cause of anything. Republicans last night suffered Does a anybody say that when they cough? That nothing to do with Trump. In Michigan, for example. So whether you like Trump or not... In the Michigan, royal us. It's a lot more complicated than just him. And then there's the most amusingly stupid explanation of all. <coughs> Excuse us. All election talk. So bad candidates were the problem. And that's all over Twitter. All the Twitter pundits are telling you. Tugger getting choked up over the cope. Candidate quality matters. Choking on the cope. Well, of course, strictly speaking, that is true. The quality of the candidate does matter. But at really how much does it matter? Well, let's see. Joe Biden got elected president two years ago from his basement. John Fetterman became a U.S. senator last night. Does anyone think John Fetterman was a quality candidate? Yes. (laughs) Is that why he won? Because they had quality candidates on the left? Did the voters he was, he's really the lieutenant governor of the state, dude. Never had a real job. Did they think he was more impressive than the guy who spent his career doing heart transplants? Probably not. You mean the grifter, the Does TV grifter that nobody he trusted? Knowing who they were voting for. And they voted for John Fetterman. He won any. He drank his own piss and, and killed puppies. Candidate quality is not actually the most important thing. What is? Well, the mechanics of an election. They matter. In fact, they matter sometimes more than any individual running in the election. Sugar girls and pronouns are us. To the outcome. And so, by the way, there's access to channels of communication. Why does that matter? 
Well, because you can say whatever you want, but if no one hears, yeah, I was thinking it was something like uh, the, the rich upbringing. So often, as of tonight, Republicans can communicate their message. <laughs> Excuse us, sounds like a snooty fucking thing to say. And a handful of relatively low-trafficked websites. That's it. The rest of the American media amounts to a gigantic filter designed to distort Republicans are saying. It's a campaign apparatus, and only the Democrats have it. Yo, good evening. But you can whine about that. Ooh, the media are liberal. But it's not about liberal or conservative. It's about winning elections, and Democrats can win because they have that. So if Republicans want to win elections, too, they might spend some money to fix that to achieve parity. So to restate, as of tonight, Democrats have far more control. You don't get to speak in third person unless you're like The Rock. The Rock can do that. And Republicans don't. These are not ideological problems. It's not a question of who's right on the issues. That's settled, certainly in our mind, but probably in the minds of even people who would vote Republican if it occurred to them. But Oz lost because he didn't kick authority in the balls enough. These are questions. He's kicking authority in the balls. Not of who's right or who's wrong, but of who makes it into elected office, of who wields power. And many on the right don't seem to understand this at all. They don't care about the details. Two and a half right-wingers are morons. Allies in Congress watched passively, seemingly in glassy-eyed sedation as the Democratic Party used the pretext of COVID to rewrite election laws around the country in order to get its own candidates into office. They didn't do it by accident. Ooh, we're we're, we're venturing into doing. conspiracy theory Last territory night, those here. laws, many of which are still in the books, paid off generously. John Fetterman bombed in his one public debate. You saw it. He humiliated himself. He made a mockery of the election. But it didn't matter by that point. Thanks to early voting, Fetterman's margin was already in the bank. Nearly 70% of Democrats had voted early in the Pennsylvania races. Only 20% of Republicans did. So, okay, it's over. But it doesn't need to be repeated. These are fixable problems. You can get your message out. You can force the other side, if you try hard enough, to agree on fair election rules. But you can't do oh, any of Oh, of course that. not, Tones. It is, it is only unfair when they lose. So those are probably the real problems. But enough of the depressing recap. There were bright spots last night. There were, as dispirited as you may have been. And we think it's important to enjoy them always. The good news is worth savoring. So the first piece of good news is actually the flip savoring. side. Savoring. This is definitely Cope. One in Pennsylvania. And not only did John Fetterman win, but he won without speaking a single coherent sentence for the entire campaign. Wow. And he may have been appalled by that. But in some sense, it's an achievement. John Fetterman, in winning, shattered the thickest of all glass ceilings, which for centuries has prevented the unapologetically brain damage from winning statewide elections. So John Fetterman is not just a U.S. senator now. He's a... Wow. And there's nothing the Democratic Party loves, reveres, and elevates more quickly than... A pioneer. That's some ableism right there. So the question is, given his awe-inspiring achievement, how can John Fetterman not be the frontrunner for the Democratic nomination in 2024? We can't control that. We're going to let him and Kamala fight it out. But in the meantime, cool. a huge amount. I would, I would get behind uh, the Fetterman train. Savor every moment. So the second piece of good news for Republicans that they really should celebrate because it's great. Sometime watching your enemies get vanquished is of virtue in itself, the DHTCCC congressional chairman, Sean Patrick Maloney, lost. Probably the oiliest, slipperiest... And this, this is great. If the Democrats lose Congress control of Congress, it's going to be because lost to a man called Michael four Lawler, seats in New York flipped. Nobody thought a Republican could ever win. In a moment, we'll speak to Lawler and ask how he did it. But it seems like Lawler won for a couple of reasons. 
The first is that Sean Patrick Maloney, like so many other Democrats, spent the last year and a half huffing and puffing about January 6th. They're going to win on January 6th. And unlike most of them, clever as he is, Maloney seemed to actually believe it. He's the one who claimed that Officer Brian Sicknick was, quote, killed on January 6th. Last night, after his defeat, Maloney once again invoked, can you guess it, January 6th. A short while ago, uh, I spoke to my opponent, Michael Lawler, and congratulated him on a good win. We hope the high watermark. Momo's going to try to make a comeback. Some of make the no mistake about it. That we have dealt with this entire cycle from January 6th on through. And we hope for something better for our country because that's what all Americans deserve. <laughs> he mentioned he was clever. So what seemed like a gracious concession, and we're all in need of those on both sides, was in fact another attack on January 6th, the insurrection. What's interesting is that Maloney's district is fairly upscale. It includes the north suburbs of New York City. It went for Biden by five points just a couple of years ago. And that support yeah, suburbs. Last, that's last the, that's the key word there. Now, there's one group Republicans have had trouble winning recently since the inversion of 2016. It's upper income white collar voters. But in that district, they went Republican. So Republicans should study what happened there. And not just there, all over New York. Democrats lost several seats across the Hudson Valley and Long Island in very blue areas. And that means that Democrats, this is their base, upscale Great. suburban Good evening. Voters. Democrats Based are the racism. more vulnerable than they believe That should they be are. the tagline for the Tucker Carlson show. Exactly that happened. One race that will be studied for quite a long time and enjoyed for at least six years is what happened in Ohio last Enjoyed. Night. Republicans in Ohio stunned the Democratic Party. Now, they'll tell you, oh, it was a Republican state. But I don't think they stunned the, the Democratic Party. Republican state, Republicans dominated in Ohio last night. Don't, no I, was, I was the only one that was optimistic enough to think that Ryan could win, I do believe. Or Supreme Court. Everybody was telling me, no, now, it's impossible. Now, race for Senate in Ohio. Democrats spent tens of millions of dollars more than the winner did. That would be J.D. Vance. But J.D. Vance won. And not only did he win, he won as a decent person. And that's Escape rare. Escape into the flavor of racism. Body. And he won on the right message. Watch this. Now the people of Ohio have given us a job. And what we need to do over the next that couple of years, over the next six years, for the full the full length of this Senate term, whoever's in the majority, whatever the president I'll give you a full like, length. We have to, a very simple job to do. It's to you go to work every anarchy. single day and fight for the people of Ohio. Fight for our workers. Fight for our families, fight for the people struggling with the opioid addiction problem, fight for the people, the single moms struggling to raise babies just like my mom raised me. We have got a great... I've wondered this before, and it's not a put down or anything, but is he wearing eye makeup? Or like, does he just have like pretty eyelashes or some shit? What the fuck is going on over here? state whether you voted for me or not the thing that i promised to do is go to the united does he states have fake lashes or he's just at like every single day for the people have really nice eyelashes to you, we get an opportunity to do just that so we've lost more than a hundred thousand americans in the last year mostly young people <laughs> if not good on you <laughs> right drake 
many hundreds One good thing about him, his eyelashes. And yet, when was the last time you saw someone mention it in a victory speech? I will fight for them, their families, the people left behind from this epidemic from China to Mexico, (laughs) destroying huge parts of America. J.D. Vance said that, and he clearly means it. And he won. This is all Bernie ever fucking talks about. You just sounded like that was exactly what Bernie talks about. Every time he's on camera. We will not see for quite some time the likes of Patel O'Rourke and Stacey Abrams again. Because they lost yet again. How many offices have these two run for? How much money have Democratic voters, donors spent to get them elected? (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Hundreds of millions of dollars. And both are unemployed. Because it doesn't matter. Buddy, I can do that with several Republicans. If the dogs don't like it, they won't eat it. That's an old saying from political consultants, and in this case, it is true. Beta is that a dog whistle with your dog food analogy? People who are not professional politicians, in a number of cases on the Republican side. So the, now the last and probably biggest piece of good news, as you already know, is what happened last night in the state of Florida. Put bluntly, Ron DeSantis absolutely killed it. And the closer you look at the numbers, the more interesting and revealing and heartening it is. Interesting and revealing. Education battle opossum. Supported Ron DeSantis over Charlie Crist. That has not happened typically in elections statewide. Ron DeSantis even won among post-grads by 7%. Uh, if you praise to the battle opossum. Go look at the past five elections. Republicans do not win statewide among people with postgraduate degrees, but DeSantis did. He won all but five counties in Florida. So to the astonishment... Those numbers in Florida are very telling. ...political establishment, DeSantis even managed to flip Miami-Dade County. Now, Miami-Dade is, by definition, a Democratic county. But he was not the only Republican who won there. Another did as well. Miami-Dade went for Hillary Clinton by 30 points in 2016. Listen to the audible gap. That is an issue. They realized that Hispanic voters had betrayed their explicit instructions. I'm told we just got Miami Dade. This is a big one in Florida. Let's take a look at. Okay, this we got the yeah. So let's put this in some perspective. Miami-Dade County has two and three quarter million people. In 2016, this was a Democratic county by 30 points. Hillary Clinton won this county by 30 points. Miami-Dade is 70 percent Hispanic. And look at this. In the mail-in and early vote, which again tends to be more Democratic-friendly, Marco Rubio, the Republican, is outright leading in Miami-Dade County by seven points. Exactly. And good for them for being honest about what happened. Really no lying about it. And again, it wasn't just Ron DeSantis, it was also Marco Rubio. No Republican has won in Miami-Dade County in 20 years. But Ron DeSantis did it, Marco Rubio did it. In the end, DeSantis won by nearly 20 points. Things were so bad for Democrats in Florida that CBS went looking for Charlie Crist supporters and couldn't find any in public. Watch. By the way, I got to point out that once we started digesting our food and digesting the day, we realized that on that day-long trip, we spoke to dozens of people up and down the coast of Florida, all in precincts, by the way, that voted for President Biden in 2020. But to our surprise, we did not run into a supporter of Ron DeSantis's Democratic opponent. That would be Charlie Crist. I mean, Charlie Crist wasn't even a Democrat in 2020, was he? <laughs> Poor Charlie Crist. But this does, I mean, of course, Charlie Crist was the lamest possible candidate the Democrats ever could have run. I agree with Tucker there. DeSantis was going to win. 
So this is one of those rare elections in which voters were, of course, rejecting the other side. But in this election, a lot of those voters appear, and the polling shows this, to be affirming the side they voted for. They weren't just voting against, they were voting for. They are voting for Ron DeSantis. Pretty amazing, actually. According to DeSantis, this is a realignment. Here he is. You know, over these past four years, we've seen major challenges for the people of our state, for the citizens of the United States, and above all, for the cause of freedom. We saw freedom in our very way of life in so many other jurisdictions in this Everybody country. Everybody better ante up your buck 73 for that freedom. Florida held the line. We chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. I'm going to say woke like eight times. We chose law and order over rioting and disorder. Thanks to the overwhelming support of the people of Florida, we not only won election, we have rewritten the political map. So, as disappointed as you may have been by the results last night, what happened in Florida is I mean, a big deal. It'll probably be a while before we know exactly. Does that map what look rewritten to you guys? Certain that it was out of the ordinary, unexpected, and profound. And as we told you a minute ago, the other thing that happened that was kind of great and that we're enjoying is that the guy in charge of getting Democrats elected to you live in sexual anarchy. John Patrick Maloney, he represented the Hudson Valley. He was beaten by Mike Lawler, who's now the congressman elect. Subscribe to the Fox News. He did. The the DNC. Uh, fucking, fucking the Democratic Congressional Committee's chair lost. Not the DNC. Democratic Congressional Committee chair lost his seat. Come back on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about the three scenarios could happen with the Senate. Why the red wave only happened in Florida. We got much more right wing cope to watch. Uh, My prediction that McCarthy would face a challenge has come true. All the outlets are writing about it today. All the Murdoch outlets are turning on Donald Trump. We're going to see Carrie Lake on multiple shows. Florida deputies arrested a blind man. Said he had a gun. He had a walking stick. Video does not show Nancy Pelosi getting arrested. But we do have a video of a mayor in Alabama getting slugged by an Alabama councilman. Video of a UK student who's been banned from the campus after a racist tirade was caught on video. And we're going to talk about Alex Jones. He's going to have to pay like another almost half a billion dollars on top of the billion he already owes. Could be more coming too. All that and more on the other side of the break. You're on the Troll Patrol live.
We live in turbulent times. The media is full of deception, conspiracy theories, and fake news. Now, more than ever, it is important to ensure you're getting information from a source that's freaking reliable. I'm Justin Mullins, and this is the Freakin' News. Get a breaking or interesting story with a humorous twist in about a minute, weekdays, 8 a.m. Eastern, on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, and more. Gwyneth Paltrow is one of the biggest stars on Earth. An actress, a singer, an author, an entrepreneur. She is an Academy Award winner and owner of a successful lifestyle brand, albeit with a questionable name. Why, then, is she stealing her ideas from a barely-known comedian from Appalachia? Earlier this year, Paltrow launched her This Candle Smells Like My Vagina product under her (laughs) Goop (laughs) brand. There's just one little issue, Miss Paltrow. I came up with the idea for Pussy Candles back in 2013. It's from my stand-up comedy routine, Pussy in the Morning, where I coined the concept of a vagina-scented perfume I called Eau de Trois. The next line in that routine goes a little something like this. And that inspired me to create a scented candle, which also looks like a vagina and smells like a turned-on vagina. So you burn it, you get the smell of vagina, and then after it's finished, it looks like a freshly fucked pussy, all floppy and sloppy. So, since Miss Paltrow is clearly infringing on an idea I had that long predates her product, I would like a cut of that $75 she's charging for her ripped-off cunt candle. Please donate to my legal fund by visiting my Patreon. Show this bougie liberal elitist that she can't steal her ideas from the hardworking people of America's heartland. And I will use the money from that settlement to bring affordable pussy-scented candles to market. Available to all the masses, not just Elton John. Elton John? Why does he like the smell of pussy? Now we turn to uh, YouTuber Justin, Justin Freakin. The guy's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a formidable voice in the culture. Uncensored and unfiltered political talk and debate from a leftist perspective. The day's top news stories and videos with astute social commentary. If not high enough for this shit. All we're establishing is this guy's wicked, sick aesthetic. Right-wingers are morons. You brought back the wrong kind of fucking cake, you idiot. Guess I gotta thank Matt Walsh for introducing me to Justin Freakin'. Yet you're like, we'll pray for somebody. You think you can telepathically communicate with a deity, and you have the audacity to say somebody else has a mental disorder. For the love of God... Gag gift. I ain't new candle goofing over here. Ain't no gag gift. 
I'm serious about my pussy candles. That's definitely something we're going to have to sell on the, the store at some point in time. Oh, you meme. Here you go. Elon will have to outlast the lettuce. I don't think he's going to be able to sell Twitter to anybody. He's stuck with that shit. Or he's going to have to sell it for like a billion dollars. Compared to the 44 billion he uh, bought it for. That's what's going to happen. One or the other. He'd outlast the lettuce, though. Not high enough for this shit. All the swag bags for the wedding party. Why, why would women want, like... I understand, like, the women at the bachelorette parties. They get the, the like, the, like, dick straws and stuff. Would they enjoy the pussy candles? Or are they gonna fuck the pussy candles with their dick straws? What? I don't understand the, the logic here. I think we're marketing it to the wrong people. <laughs> That's just me, though. That's just me. But maybe maybe they want to fuck the pussy candles with the dick straws. New highs of broadcasting I'm reaching here on this, um, on this show. Not high enough for this show. Sorry, ate a little bit of my Mexican food during the break there. Dick Wick. See, exactly. You're not a you're not a bachelorette. You would light a pussy candle. You are the are the target audience for a pussy candle. Someone who lives in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy. That seems to be the target audience for a pussy candle. We will be back on YouTube on Sunday night. I am unfortunately still banned on YouTube. I'm still banned on Facebook. We're not going to do a freak show tomorrow night. I'm just going to do a fucking round stream. I'll be on at the same time, but we'll just be chilling. No show show. And then we'll be back next week. When we're actually back on Facebook and YouTube. Bachelor parties would be a good place for some pussy candles. Then I'd be afraid some stupid chuds uh, be trying to fuck the candles. That could be a problem. I don't, would lesbian, uh, would lesbians be into the pussy candles? Apparently Elton John's really into the pussy candle. So gay men like pussy candles, apparently? Or maybe it's just particular to Elton John. Maybe we're, we're generalizing too much based on one person.
had a little chunk of ground beef in my feet. It was it was really really messing with me. Gotta pack another bong, cause I ain't high enough for this shit. I don't know what's going on in the Discord over here, but you guys are letting somebody have it. Voodoo and Phoebe going to town over here. Maybe Phoebe just now joined in. By the way, Sassy, good evening. So glad to see you. Subaru is the official car of the lesbian. I was not aware of that. I don't know, Lenny. That's not up. That's not up to me. You say goodnight. I say hello. I don't. Um. I assume there's like a scent lab somewhere, right? And they come up with this shit. How did, how did, uh, oh God, is that why the candles cost so much? Is she actually putting her, is Gwyneth Paltrow extracting her essence? I'm putting it in each candle. Is that a thing? I don't want to think about this anymore. Surely somebody has come up with like the... She's dipping the wicks. I'm, I'm, no. You live in sexual anarchy? I'm sorry, Simp. I'm so, we went, we went to a weird place. I was uh, I was trying to get a little high. And then we're we're gonna do the news. We just need to leave this alone. Do the news. To see Charlie Kirk here in a little bit when Gary Lake goes on his show. All kinds of right wing cope gonna take place. Let's talk about why the red wave only happened in Florida when I when I last left you before the commercial break. It was Tucker Carlson bragging about how well Ron DeSantis did in Florida. Uh, Marco Rubio also outperforming expectations in his race. So why did they do so well in Florida? Well, the main takeaway is that there was a red wave last night, but it started in Florida and it ended in Florida. That's really all we got. 
And the other main takeaway is that uh, you got to look at the Gen Z voters. They gave Joe Biden the White House in 2020. How come men's suits are boring? They didn't used to be. Democrats this time again. They were highly animated by the issue of abortion. And that really flew under the radar of a lot of the polls that were out there. It looks like if the Republicans take the House, it's going to be a very thin margin. And it looks like there might be some people calling for Steve Scalise to be the Speaker of the House rather than uh, Minority Leader McCarthy, if they really blame him for that. So that could be very interesting. Of course, the Senate is still up, and we may not know until December when there's a runoff for the Georgia seat uh, in, in the Senate. So y'all just hang in there. I'm feeling good. Senator Ravio Warnock, the incumbent, and he should, he should feel good. Uh, I believe that the runoff actually favors him more because uh, Walker is not a popular candidate, was probably being carried by Kemp in that race. I don't come to lose. Uh, and I told you, he's going to be tough to beat. I'm not particularly... Now, they cut out the best part of that speech. He told this really weird story about having two sons. I don't know if he's admitting to having two more sons than we already knew about. But he said he, he, he put one of it... Like, I don't think he meant that this was a real story. But he put, like, one of the kids in one room and one of the kids in another room and, and like the kid that was always satisfied or happy with everything, he was in a room that was full of shit. And he grabbed a shovel and he started shoveling shit. And he asked the kid why he was shoveling shit. And he's like, because there must be a pony at the bottom of this shit. It's a really weird story that he told. Confident making too many predictions these days because the polls have been a bit off in terms of estimating Donald Trump's voters and estimating the Gen Z voters. So it's really difficult to make those predictions, especially when these elections are coming down right inside the margin of error that these polls have. Uh, 2018 was also a very big turnout year, and it looks like 2022 has also gone par to be another very big turnout year. Uh, politics is everything now, and uh, we've really got uh, high-stakes elections and I don't see any low-stakes elections coming around the bend. Generally, the midterm election is a referendum on the president of the United States. Joe Biden is actually polling around 42% right now, which means if it was a referendum on him, we would have seen that red wave. We saw Democrats really outperform Joe Biden. So this really wasn't necessarily about Joe Biden. This was a choice election. And Joe Biden really tried to make this a choice between Trump's vision of America and Joe Biden's vision of America and the different types of leadership. And really key to that choice was the idea of abortion under Republican-dominated legislature and uh, Democratic-dominated legislatures. So let's move to talking about the possible Senate scenarios. What the three possible outcomes we are facing currently look like. Two states and these, these vast troughs of votes still outstanding. Uh, where does the fight for control of the Senate then stand at this hour? So let's go into the states individually first. Well, before I do that, you make the key point. So we've called. We have 49-48. Uh, that's where we are right now. The current United States Senate is 50-50. So I can give you a scenario. We know Georgia will have a runoff on December 6th. There's a scenario in which Republicans could have control. 
regardless of Georgia. There's a scenario where Democrats could have control, regardless of Georgia. Or there's a scenario where Georgia once again decides control of the Senate. We'll go through that in a moment. Let's first just look at these states and let's follow up on what you were hearing from Gary. This is just a couple uh, hours ago. Uh, Josh, number one, in Nevada. When I went to bed early this morning, kind of middle early this morning, I guess it was. It's hard to remember when you're on day three. Pulling away. Uh, Adam Laxalt was leading in Washoe County. I bring up Washoe County because it's a swing county, northwest corner of the state. It's about 15% of the population. Clark County, where Vegas is, is much bigger. But this is important, uh, Aaron, in terms of Nevada politics and that it's viewed as the swing county and the winner here often wins statewide. Uh, Court, Catherine Cortez Masto, the Democratic incumbent, leading now. But look at that, 48.8 to 48.6. I'm uh, definitely on Odyssey on. right now. Unfortunately, you can't comment on Odyssey. 49.4 to 47.6. You'd rather be ahead than behind at any point in the race? I mean, you can. But it's just it's not part of the, like, the, the ecosystem of comments. Myself, obviously, uh, in the lead by 15,000 right now statewide. Senator uh, Cortez Masto has to make that up. For her, the advantage is if you go to the red rural counties, most of the vote is in. They're smaller anyway. And Clark County is 74% of the vote statewide, 74% of the population. It'll be somewhere in that ballpark of the vote statewide. Uh, Senator There's Cortez still Masto some outstanding Cortez Masto vote. Statewide a little bit, but ahead in Clark County, that's where most of the votes are still to be counted. So uh, we're not done here. And there's reason for the Democrats to think the math allows us to pull it out. And then when you come over... As Josh just said, this is the statewide count right now. Yeah. Mark Kelly, just shy of 100,000 votes, uh, but with t- hundreds of thousands more to be counted. Let's be patient. We've got to walk through this one. All right, so there's the Senate, as you talk about, and patience is a huge virtue in the situation we're in right now. Um, obviously, Democrats have a chance of holding the Senate even without waiting for the Georgia runoff, though. I mean, that's, I guess that's, if you do the math, right, you, you get two, you're, you've got it. That's what we're doing. We're doing a lot of math. And we're going to be doing math, we're going to be doing math for uh, at least, well, December 6th, we'll be doing the He's final He's got a nice tie. How consequential is it? Obviously, to the citizens of Georgia, their next United States senator is consequential. But let's get to the point you were just making. Here's where we are right now in terms of the races we have called. Again, 49 Republican seats, 48 Democratic seats. Those on the ballot this year and those already called. So what happens out here? If Mark Kelly holds his lead in Arizona, not guaranteed, but we're doing a hypothetical, if he holds his lead there and Senator Cortez Masto can come back and take the lead and win Nevada, then for the Democrats, Georgia would be gravy. And the Democrats only need 50 to control the United States Senate gravy. because they have Vice President Harris. So Georgia then would be, can we get to 51? And Senator Harris could leave Washington a little bit more. She wouldn't have to be around to break all those tie votes. Uh, that's one consequence of that. So yes, Democrats can win their majority, protect their majority, without Georgia. However, I just want to put on the table... Republicans can also win the majority without Georgia. If Senator Laxalt holds on and Blake Masters comes back in Arizona, he's trailing right now, but we're still counting hundreds of thousands of votes, Republicans could get to 51. And Georgia, maybe Democrats get to 49 or Republicans get to 42. That's why this is so consequential. These two races out here will determine how consequential Georgia is on December 6th That's why we're going to count these votes. And if you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you live in those states or whether you care about the balance of power here where I work in Washington, uh, these are tense times, and they will be tense days, I believe, before we know the answer. They are going to be definitely tense days, uh, as we said, with 600,000 votes outstanding. We do anticipate more coming in tonight, but but not all. And this is a case where... (laughs) So, buggle up is still going to be a couple of days. Before we know the consequence of Georgia. 
Kaylee McEnany says that Ron DeSantis should take a little trip over from his state of Florida to next door Georgia and campaign for Herschel Walker as we get ready for the runoff here in about three or four weeks. And that could go straight through the state of Georgia. On Does point. that include Trump? I think he needs to put it on pause. Absolutely. Look, he'll, he'll make that decision. He'll make his own decision. But Does he go I, to if Georgia? I'm advising any contender, DeSantis, Trump, whomever, no one announces 2024 until we get through December 6th. Do you see the former president a need for him to go to Georgia? I, I think we've got to make strategic calculations. Trump does not care. It is all strategic about his legal entanglements right now, whether he announces or not. Announces 2024 until we get through December 6th. Do you see the former president a need for him to go to Georgia? I, I think we've got to make strategic calculations. Um, Governor DeSantis, I think he should be welcome to the state, given what happened last night. Oh, you've, got to look, you've got to look at the realities on the ground. And Herschel Walker, we've got to win the Senate. That's it, guys. Got to win the Senate. All right, we'll move on. Uh, the Democrats... Are... All right, we'll move on. Here is Faulkner. I I don't get her. Like, I don't get how she plays on, on Fox News. She seems kind of, like, cold and soulless to me. She doesn't seem like a, a personality that's very welcoming. Let's talk about what the 2022 midterms mean for the presidential election of 2024. Republicans, not Democrats, are in fact looking for answers this morning about why they fell short of historical expectations in these Here's midterms. Faulkner so is the, uh, our chief the, election the and campaign woman. correspondent, Robert Costa. He joins us now. Uh, Bob, good morning to you. Uh, Gail and I have been trading articles here this morning. Uh, right-leaning newspapers, The Wall Street Journal and The New York Post, uh, Coming out pretty strongly against the former president, uh, Donald Trump, uh, with losses in 2018, losses in 2020, uh, and now losses in 2022. Is it time to move on? What are you hearing? That's exactly what's happening inside the Republican Party right now and on the editorial page of The Wall Street Journal this morning. It's a reckoning about former President Trump and about where the Republican Party is going to go from here. For weeks now, we've been hearing about how Trump wants to get into More the 2024 race. Two cats. This month. There were two cats. But now so many of my top Republican sources on Capitol Hill in the 2024 ranks, they're saying maybe it's time to go toward Florida Governor Ron DeSantis or give an outsider like Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, who I spoke to yesterday, a chance to carve a new path for the GOP. So a lot of turbulence right now, a lot of conversations about the future. I know, Bob, the the headlines are pretty stunning. In the Wall Street Journal, Trump is the GOP's biggest loser. The New York Post, Trumpity-dumpity. And they're being very uh, flattering about Ron DeSantis. So is he clearly now Trump's biggest opponent? And what about Mike Pence? How does he fit into all of this with a new book coming out? He is, the big question, Gail, for Trump's Governor DeSantis is whether yes. he wants to get into a messy, complicated political fight against the former president. We've already seen that Trump on the campaign trail this year has called the Florida governor Ron DeSanctimonious. That was a political warning shot to DeSantis, I'm told, that if you get in, it's going to only get worse. So DeSantis, he's in his early 40s. He has to wonder, his friends tell me, whether he wants that kind of fight at this stage in his career. In Pence, he's coming out with a book next week called So Help Me God. Quite a title there. And he's going to... Quite a title indeed. Is that what you said, Mike Pence, when they were chanting, hang Mike Pence as they stormed the Capitol? So help me God. He set me up perfectly to go to the fact that the Murdoch Empire 
is turning on Trump almost like a coordinated effort. Right-wing billionaire Rupert Murdoch's media outlets are pleading for the Republican Party to move on from former President Donald Trump after a disappointing midterm showing by the GOP. This was the cover of the New York Post. This is the Trumpety-Dumpety we just heard. This is the Wall Street Journal, also owned by uh, Rupert Murdoch, pinning an op-ed about Trump being the Republican Party's biggest loser. Which, true. <laughs> uh, we, we saw this little clip of Mark Tice, Mark Thiessen, whatever the fuck his name is. Fox News. We have the worst inflation in four decades. The worst collapse in real wages in 40 years. The worst crime wave since the 1990s. The worst border crisis in U.S. history. We have Joe Biden, who is the least popular president since Harry Truman, since presidential polling happened, and there wasn't a red wave. That is a searing indictment of the Republican Party. That is a searing indictment of the message that we have been sending to the voters. They looked at all of that and said, and looked at the Republican alternative and said, no thanks. Yeah, you that guys is, look batshit. The Republican Party needs to do a really deep introspection look in the mirror right now because this is this is an absolute disaster for the Republican Party, and we need to turn back. We need to start. We need to look at who won today: Ron DeSantis, DeWine, uh, these these governors, Kemp, Kemp Abbott, Abbott. You know, look at these governors. This is the path mm-hmm. to the future. At electing these these these. And, you know, these these radical candidates who who ran far behind them has put the Republican Party in a terrible position and voters have left and have have indicted the Republican. Yeah, fuck them. I still don't think there's anything different with the. The people they named go straight through the state of Georgia. On this point. Does that include Trump? I think he needs well, this to is the on. clip we just watched with Mac and Annie. New York Times' Maggie Haberman called the message a coordinated effort across Fox News, Wall Street Journal, and the New York Post. Murdoch Holdings are going all in for DeSantis. It is not an accident. A person familiar with how Murdoch runs his empire told CNN. I don't think it matters. What is going to matter is that... Kevin McCarthy is going to face a challenge. Should Republicans hold on uh, and and retake the House as it looks like they will currently by projections? You see the AP projecting that they take the House by three seats currently. 221. Should they should they retake the House? McCarthy is going to face a leadership challenge, just like I said. I'm Callan Hobman. Here's a look at what we're following on this Thursday. If you mailed or dropped off your ballot on Tuesday, it most likely hasn't been counted yet. We finished counting all the ballots that were cast at the polls yesterday. So that, that's what that final means. We are not done. We still have many, many ballots to count. 
Thank you, Ms. Bedard. Registrar voters Mary Bedard says that's because a majority of the county voted by mail, and those ballots don't come into their office for another week. Then they have to check with signatures. Well, I got people listening to the podcast might have thought that I was fucking her name up. Also, for those using the, the, the news anchor said it. says if you just dropped off the ballot, it, correctly. Say, it will take a couple days to process it on the website, so be patient. We will continue tracking the races until those results are finalized in 30 days. Now, because there's a strong possibility the GOP will take the House back, local congressman and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is moving to lock down the votes he needs from Republican colleagues to become House Speaker. But his ambitions could be challenged by the pro-Trump House Freedom Caucus. A source familiar with the deliberations says about two dozen current and incoming GOP representatives are open to opposing McCarthy unless concessions are made. Currently, no other congressman has openly challenged the Bakersfield native. GOP leadership elections in the House will be next week, and McCarthy needs a majority to be nominated. The full House will vote on speakership in January. Well, we had a rainy election day, but that's clearing out. There you go. Getting ready to be rainy down in Florida. Coal going to ravage the state here shortly. If not already. Mike Huckabee has his answer for what happened with the Republicans. Do remember, his daughter uh, is now the governor of Arkansas. This is Mike Huckabee on with Maria Bartiromo. You know, Maria, I am very proud of her. Uh, I, I've got a T-shirt that now just says Sarah's dad, because that's my <laughs> new uh, identity. No longer am I the former governor of anything. I'm just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're Sarah's dad. So I'm excited for her. I'm excited for our state, because she's going to be. Sounds like you're a little butthurt about leader. it, sir. Uh, she's got the heart of a mom, but she's got the uh, tenacity of a tiger, and she will be a, a terrific governor, and I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> he has Oregon's on one of two states. Well, that leadership was on full display in her victorious speech. Voting not so to make we weed legal. Our best regards. Uh, fa- uh, father-daughter scenario in Arkansas. It's just a beautiful thing. Uh, I want to get your take on what we just witnessed here with these midterm elections. Uh, here's President Biden's uh, reason. Ma'am, when you say a father-daughter scenario in Arkansas, you do not want to know where my mind goes. And on uh, why there was, in fact, no midterm red wave that people were watching for. Watch. And they sent a clear and unmistakable message that they want to uh, preserve our democracy and protect the right to choose uh, in this country. And I especially want to thank the young people of this nation who I'm told, I haven't seen the numbers, uh, voted historic numbers again. Governor, your reaction to that and what you think just happened? The one thing Joe was right about I guess he wants to go out. people voted in huge numbers, and they did. The uh, 18 to 25-year-old numbers were a Democrat plus 28. That's huge. But I think we've got to step back and ask ourselves, how in the world did a party so out of touch with uh, American day-to-day living end up doing as well as they did? And I think a part of it is we've got to accept that we're not just running against a Democrat party. We've got all of these uh, forces that are working against us. And and here's what I'm talking about. The social media. Sir, have you ever considered the fact that maybe you and your side just aren't popular? And that nobody really likes you. He looks a little too much like Kenny Rogers for my taste right now. 
and the mainstream media are a monolithic wall for the Democrats. I mean, they protect them and they advocate for them. And then if you add, he to says that, the he's getting seven the minutes department of the FBI on the number the one cable news show in the bureaucracy. And they're they're no longer uh, striped shirt referees calling balls and strikes and uh, uh, touchdowns and field goals. They're advocates. They're wearing team jerseys, and they're rooting for the Democrats, and they're calling uh, penalties against Republicans all the time. So it's a tough deal, and the only source is that a lot of people get their information. It's like a victim complex to me. Social media and mainstream media companies. Lady B, good evening. People so glad to see to you, my friend. That's a threat to democracy. When good ideas and different... I'm sorry you came in you didn't get like a proper content warning before you had to see Mike Huckabee's fucking face. He was bragging about his daughter, who is now the first woman governor of Arkansas ideas never see the light of day because they're suppressed and censored for those of you who weren't here with us on election night coverage sarah huckabee sanders actually came out to the the mom spaghetti eminem song the the eight mile theme like the lights flashed and dun, 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 dun. it was fucking weird it was really weird Jagan? No. Go, no. Governor, good to see, well, Governor passed, not Governor. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Um, what do you make of the, the I, I brought this up earlier, but there has been a wave of anti-Trump editorials here in New York. Uh, Predominantly from, 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 President Trump is on the cover of the New York Post. You're uh, yes. calling him Trumpy Dumpty. Can the GOP's men put the party back together again? Uh, your reaction to that? They're all you're and owned by the same the people. Yeah. Of all the outlets you just mentioned. Party. Well, Dagan, let's hope it doesn't go back to the days of globalist. Whoa! There you go. There's the there's the three parentheses. Going back to the days of the globalists. But, like, they're talking about, like, the mainstream media crafting a narrative. And she just cited publications owned by the same people who own the TV station she's speaking on right now. And, like, using that as some kind of evidence. Justin Freakin with poor judgment? No, no. From all these monolithic social media and mainstream media companies, I would tell you, when people talk about a threat to democracy, that's a threat to democracy. When good ideas and different ideas never see the light of day because they're suppressed and censored. Jagan? No. no one is Go, censoring no. you. Governor, good to see, well, Governor passed, not Governor. <laughs> and how much have these ladies been drinking? Uh, what do you make of the... the on Mornings I, with I Maria? Earlier, but there has been... How many mimosas did they have on Mornings with Maria? editorials here in New York. Uh, and, uh, Trump is on, President Trump is on the cover of the New York Post. Uh, passed. President Trump, Trump passed. Can the GOP's men put the party back together again? Uh, your reaction to that 
and where the party well, goes yeah. from here. You think they've had the Bloody Mary's mornings with Maria? Let's hope it doesn't go back to the days of globalists, the days of just basically being servants to the big multinational corporations, that we become the party of the country clubs and These the right wing idiots. Because if we do that, we are destined to become extinct, and we should be. We've got to be the party of the working class, the party that cares about America, the party that believes that patriotism is okay, mm. that it's Mom fine. Sore to balls. Good evening, my Americans friend. And the American dream is alive and well. If we focus on that, I still think that's a winning message. But God help us. If we I would be a better governor than Congress, either Huckabee. Just the people with the real shined shoes and nice suits and uh, like to sort of pass around the power among themselves. Uh, but the people sitting at the both Huckabees together. I'm a better governor than both of them. Sweated through their clothes. Yeah. Uh, they never felt like Republicans cared. Well, look, you made a really good point about young people and the mainstream media as well. First of all, young people coming out of those kinds of numbers. That means that the whole uh, student loan forgiveness works. Whether, whether he gets this done or not, it worked. It, it convinced young people that they're going to get their debt forgiven, so let me go vote for this guy. And in the mainstream media... Yeah, uh, the party of kookdom. You know, Even Rush Limbaugh about, said uh, it. Plans for Pennsylvania Senator-elect John Fetterman. As a conservative, it's getting incredible. harder and harder Here's, to not uh, look like a kook. one reporter on MSNBC. Watch. Fetterman as a nominee at some point for president... Um, I know there's some variables, obviously, <laughs> but just a, few. just a few. But I just, you know, it, it, what he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania, and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. I mean, Governor, sure. What do you think? She thinks he's going to run for president. Rush loved him some oxycodone. The, the posture of her arms folded as she said this said it all. Surely she's not serious. Uh, but maybe she uh, is. Maybe John surely is. she is, and don't call her Shirley. Party. If he is, then Republicans, we've got a great future ahead of us. Well, go ahead, Todd, real quick. Says the, you ran for president and lost, you loser. Is there any greater proof to you that the Democrats care more about being in power, consequences to our nation be damned? Todd, I think that's a perfect point you've made. And no, I don't think they do care about anything other than just power. When they put a person up for U.S. Sky comment, welcome back. Sentence, who needs therapy right now, and I say that with sympathy, not, not trying to be in any way uh, derogatory of him, but a person whose policies are so far to the left that they make Bernie Sanders look Oh, we're watching Cope tonight, Drake. Uh, this is really disturbing to think that this is what the Democrats think ought to be the future of the party. We're doing the news, but there's cope sprinkled throughout the entire uh, newscast. Put that t-shirt on. Governor, good to see (laughs) you. you. Put put that Sarah t-shirt on. So, a a lot of cringe, a lot of cope. Here is a gubernatorial candidate, speaking of gubernatorial candidates... Here's one that did not cope well with losing. Trump-loving candidates' election party devolved into chaos after he conceded to Democratic rival. So, Paul LePage, the Trump-loving... I love it that he's labeled the Trump-loving candidate. Trump-loving candidate for Maine governor lost this week to Democratic incumbent Janet Mills... And then things reportedly got rowdy. 
According to a report from the Banger Daily News, LePage's election night, Banger sounds like a, a city where they live in sexual anarchy. You live in sexual anarchy? LePage's election night party devolved into chaos after he conceded his race to Mills and left the room. Supporters began shouting expletives to disrupt recordings by TV reporters. Newspaper rise. One woman who loudly wept as LePage spoke began hurling expli- uh, explicit insults at a reporter who had interviewed her. Some attendees raised baseless accusations of voter fraud. The situation was not helped by the fact that some of LePage's supporters had already started drinking before he conceded the race to Mills. LePage, who previously served as Maine's governor for two terms, has a long history of making racist statements also making threats of physical violence against its political opponents. I wonder if we can get some video of that. Hold on one second. Try to make that happen. Said there were reporters there. in any video from from the election night debacle. Sounds like a nice guy, this LePage. Continuing on with just fantastic gubernatorial candidates. This is some video. I believe this happened on election night. This is Carrie Lake getting asked by a journalist if she needs a time out. So first, there is a, the first video we got to go to, hold on a second. Asked if she needs a time, she may be into that kind of shit, you know. So the first video we got to look at is her on with Newsmax, where she she made this claim. This is just an embarrassment, and the people of Arizona are sick and tired of elections being run like we're in some banana republic, and we won't have it anymore. We're going to win this. Everybody in this state knows we're going to win it. I was running against a basement candidate who didn't even campaign, didn't debate, and the people didn't vote for her. There was zero excitement, and this is ridiculous. That's, that is not how this works, ma'am. You do not get to just be like, oh, well, nobody came to her rallies. That is not the basis of any kind of facts. So, Vaughn Hilliard confronts Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake over her unsubstantiated claims of voters. Your Honor, contending that there's irregularities and there is fraud in this election, at what point does Carrie Lake stop and say, am I undermining America? Having a couple of months back. What fraud is there? This is serious. No, I. And this is about Arizona voters and their faith in this election. 
No, I want to. Where was? Where is this reporter asking her if she needs a timeout? Did I fall for some clickbait? Where is this? Do you need a timeout? I, that's the video I want to see. Well, clickbait headline. Gary Lake goes on a media blitz, uh, blitz to insist she's already won the Arizona governor election despite the real time results. As of Thursday morning, Ms. Hobbs, a Democrat, had 50.3% of the vote to Ms. Lake's 49.7. Let me get you an updated number on that. Right now, Hobbs is at 50.6%. And Carrie Lake is at 49.4%. So Hobbs has opened up more of a lead. There is 72% of the vote reporting in Arizona in that race. So that is uh, your update on the Arizona governor's race. So, election denier Ms. Lake appeared on the Charlie Kirk show and said that she was frustrated. Well, we'll watch the Charlie Kirk, Charlie Kirk clip Carrie, first. Look, a lot of people are worried just about more generally, why is this taking so long? You know, transition of power. And Carrie, part of being governor is also being the spokesperson, the cheerleader for the state, the representative. I'm sure that one of the things we have to turn around is we don't want Arizona to be a laughing stock. We don't want us yeah. to be the end of a joke, right? I'm getting texts yeah. from people all across Charlie the country. Charlie in Arizona? And they say this is a mockery. And I don't want our beautiful state, State 48, to be treated that way. Your thoughts, Carrie? Well, it's not going to be treated that way much longer. We will never have another election run like this. I'm sick of it, and the people are sick of it. And we are going to, don't worry, Charlie, and don't worry, America, and don't worry, Arizona. We're going to change things up so Sorry, we Charlie. don't have this happening every single election. And we'll work very hard to make sure that doesn't happen. I'm always going to speak the truth, and I will be Arizona's cheerleader. But when we have something that's not working, we have to admit it. And it's not working the way we're doing things. I think, you know, there could be some intentional um, there could mm-hmm. be some intentional actions here to slow roll this. They always intentionally have the early ballots ready to go. We roll those out on election night. They favor the Democrats, and they want to... Bring down the excitement for Republicans. This is a Republican year. Republicans and even people who aren't Republicans are tired of the dead end policies. Slow ramped everywhere during this election cycle. uh, Like I said, throw cold water on our movement. They want to take that victory away. They want to make it look like America first is not thriving when in fact it is. 
Don't believe the narrative that you're hearing. They're going to get two or three days of this where they're saying, oh, don't Trump believe the narrative well. that you're hearing. His picks actually did do quite well. They Listening to the Charlie well. Kirk America show. The first movement is still alive and well. Mm -hmm. And I think they didn't want us to have our big moment with our big victory speech. They did this to me in the primary. They slow rolled the results when they finally uh, let us declare victory. And when they finally declared me the winner, I was only up by, I think, a half a point. So the media ran with the false narrative that I squeaked out a win, uh. a narrow victory. And then later in the coming days, they finally counted the rest of the ballots only to reveal that I won by five points, which is pretty good when you're up against four opponents. I won by five points. But the media never points. covered that. They that, kept with that narrative count that it was a squeaker. And I think they're going to try to do that again. I believe we win, and I think we win by a good margin. And we're going to go on to reform our election so we never have this embarrassment again. She's speaking awful fashy. Here she is on with Steven Crowder. And now yesterday they released, we gave them a whole day, and they released 62,000 votes. And they went, I'm trying to remember how they went, pretty much almost even. I made up a little bit more ground. Yeah. So one full day of counting, and they only released 62,000 votes. We have 622,000 votes left to be tallied. Let's get it done. This is ridiculous. What I think they're doing is slow rolling our victory. Doing the slow ramp. 66 and two-thirds percent chance. Server McGritty, good evening. Uh, right now, it stands at Katie Hobbs with 50.5% of the vote uh, over Carrie Lake with 49.5% of the vote. She's up by one percentage point. 72% of the vote has been counted. That is where we are at currently. That's the live count. And yes, holy shit, please lose Carrie Lake. It's going to be fun to watch, though. Even if she loses, she is a star in the Republican Party going forward. Being a Carrie Lake, um, she uh, she congratulated this candidate in Arizona who basked in his victory. Trump-backed candidate basks in victory. Finds out he's actually behind in the race. The Republican Arizona Attorney General candidate Abraham... Hamada, Abraham Hamada, has expressed his frustration at the election issues facing his state. Hamada was endorsed by foreign president Donald Trump, earlier appeared to write a victory tr uh, tweet while the counting was ongoing on Wednesday. I want to thank the people of Arizona for entrusting me with this great responsibility. I will never forget who I'm fighting for, he wrote as he captioned a picture of himself speaking in front of a crowd. Carrie Lake retweeted it and said, Well done, friend. Carrie Lake, who is the Republican candidate for the position as Arizona's governor, even tweeted congratulations to Hamada. However, some social media users were confused by the comments the counting hadn't been concluded, and the race over his opponent, Democrat Chris Mayers, hasn't yet been called. It was later announced by the Maricopa County Elections Department that many tabulation machines in the county weren't working correctly. That meant the results of the Arizona Attorney General's race couldn't be called by the end of the day. With 74% of the votes counted, which is where we were at just now when I read you the results of the governor's race, Hamda 
was trailing at 49.9% to Mays' 50.1%. Hours after his initial tweet, Hamada again took to Twitter to vent his frustration. Arizona deserves results on election day. This is an embarrassment. I'm pretty sure this is the result of new laws written by Republicans in response to 2020 in order to cause trouble. I do believe. All right, real fast. A little bit of Trump news. This didn't really fit in with anything else I was talking about today, but I felt like I needed to bring it up. Federal judge sanctions Trump's attorneys, including Alana Habba, for the massive and frivolous RICO suit over the Russia probe. A brutal takedown of a shotgun lawsuit and performative litigation resolving only one sanctions motion. I want to read from this judge's ruling. The plaintiff, Trump, this is a defamation suit against Hillary Clinton. This is the plaintiff is Trump. Plaintiff deliberately misrepresented public documents by selectively using some portions while omitting other information, including findings and uh, conclusions that contradicted his narrative. This occurred with the Dushenko indictment, the Department of Justice Inspector General's report for the Operation Hurricane, and the Mueller report. It was too frequent to be accidental. Every claim was frivolous, most barred by settled, well-established existing law. These were political grievances masquerading as legal claims. This cannot be attributed to incompetent lawyering. It was a deliberate use of the judicial system to pursue a political agenda. There you go. All right, we've got... We've got some wild video left here on the show. Before we do that, we got to apparently tell you that video doesn't show Pelosi security detail escorting her from her home. There's a right-wing conspiracy that Nancy Pelosi was actually arrested having something to do with the attack on her husband Paul from, what, about a week and a half ago now, two weeks ago? A November November 4th Facebook post claims a video of Nancy Pelosi walking to her car alongside several individuals is evidence she was arrested. This is is right-wingers claiming that Nancy Pelosi being arrested... The post was shared more than 100 times in four days. It seems it seems kind of low. That's not what the video shows. Nancy Pelosi's spokesperson confirmed the video is just her security detail. Right-wingers are morons. They'll make up anything.
All right, I'm not going to be able to avoid the the commercial break on Twitter. On Twitter, on Twitch. So we're going to have to take a commercial break real fast. If you're if you're not subscribed, you're going to get commercials. If you're subscribed, stick around. I'm going to I'm going to stay here with you. Now that they're gone. Now we're going to dig around. I'm going to get a little more high. Then we're going to we're going to watch these Deputies in Florida arrest a blind man. Absolute bullshit. What are you guys into? Oh, I was going to get high, wasn't I? That's right. What's up, chat 666? Sound like my kind of people. We we like doing some blasphemy around here. Yeah, it's almost enough to make you want to feel sorry for Nancy Pelosi, but then you listen to her talk and like, oh, I can't feel sorry for you. I want to feel sorry for you if you were if you were not who you are just some old lady that once upon a time was this was the speaker of the house then you got out of politics maybe don't know what you're doing here well I'm Justin Freakin I usually do the news we do like a, a, a news rundown of the day but speaking of rundown, I'm a little rundown because we've had the election this week, so I'm kind of tired. I'm, I'm 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 phoning it in to be honest. I got Mexican food sitting over here. I'm gonna eat here in just a second. Well, not just a second, maybe 10, 15 minutes. We got we got some videos to watch. Then I've got I got chips and salsa and everything. It's going to be a fan of, because I'm really high. Like I'm really looking forward to that Mexican food, but Hey, it's 4am there and you're drunk. So you, you would probably really like some Mexican food. I guess that means you're over in the Europe somewhere. Chat six, six, six. Maybe you're somewhere where black metal is popular. With a with a screen name like that. White flag country. Sure what white flag country means. Uh Sweden? You guys don't fight any fights. You just put up the white flag. I like you too, chat. Thank you for being a freaking follower. (coughs) I think everybody's back from commercial break now. Maybe give it another minute here. I, I wouldn't make fun of you. I make fun of this country a lot. 
Just another day in mass shooting USA. Make a lot of fun of this country. Come in here being a woke moralist. Up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. <laughs> oh, shit. For real, I think everybody's back now. I think we can, I th I think we can move on. I'm definitely not in the Canadian time zone. I am going to hit the content warning for this one. Because it's going to piss you off. Is it Kauai Inc? Is it like saying Hawaii? Only only with Kauai? Thank you for being a freaking follower. If I butchered your name, I'm incredibly sorry. We're, we're, we're so glad to have you here. Content warning. We get ready to watch some fucked up shit. And of course it happened in Florida. All the fucked up shit happens in Florida. Some deputies decided that they were going to uh, harass a legally blind man as he was walking back from, I believe he was walking back from some official business at the courthouse. Florida Sheriff says deputies arrest of a blind man is unacceptable. The body camera footage shows exactly what happened. What's this in your back pocket? I just saw you walking it. The navigational age. What's the problem? You a tyrant? Yeah, I am. I love that he says, what's the problem? Are you a tyrant? It is clear that what is in his pocket is not a gun. And even if it was, I, this is America. Actually, what's your name and date of birth? I don't have to give that unless Yes, I'm sir. Good. I was investigating. Do you have reasonable Do you want me to put suspicion? you in handcuffs right now? Yes, sir, I do. What is your suspicion? It looks like you're carrying a gun in your back pocket. I'm stopping to make sure you're carrying it properly. You well, don't have, have you to... ensured that it's not a firearm? No, you keep turning so I can't see it. You don't have to be a dick to me. Well, you're being one to me. No, exactly. sir. I'm my job. Am I detained? Yeah, you are. What's your name and date of birth? It does not matter. Yes, sir, it does. Do you have a crime? Would you like me Call to your put supervisor, you in here? He's please. right here. All right. Don't you don't I like this dude. Or a walking stick. And it could look like a weapon. She asked you to. Really? It could okay. look like a, a weapon. Everything uh, hanging ID. off of you, pig. Uh, I don't need ID unless so, there's reasonable, articulated suspicion. And, her and I have committed a crime, and committing a crime, and or about to do a crime. Sir, and her suspicion was that you were armed, okay? And she's asking you for your ID. Well, now right. she has verified that I am not armed. Right. So there is no you problem. You have your ID or not? I do have my ID, okay. but you don't need it, okay? Do not need it, sir. Okay. He knows his rights. Sir, you deserve it. Center 7, Whiskey Mike, the team. I don't know where his wallet is. 
I believe it's fog. It looks like it's early in the morning. It looks like it's about 8 09 a.m. Where's your ID? Where's your ID? On, on Halloween. You are not allowed to search me. Are you gonna steal the man's money? Thank you. I want your names and badge numbers. Damn right you do. Yeah, four four point seven. Preferably Hotel three two two four five seven six one two five four zero. This is just completely unnecessary. a waste of taxpayer resources this is a waste of everybody's time it's gonna be a waste of the judge's time having to deal with this bullshit it's gonna be a waste of taxpayer dollars when he sues the municipality and is awarded a hefty settlement because they absolutely violated his, his rights BS 666. For jury duty, which was canceled. Why don't you use your stick? You don't have to use your stick all the time? Not all the time. 26. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Why aren't you using your stick? Was that that hard? It's going to be. I want your name and your badge number. No, I'll put him in jail for resisting. Okay. All right, let's go. Badge number two, sir. Have a seat. You want to pick my property up, please? I sure will. After you have a seat. You want to pull this yeah, out this of my is, like, This is not even taking into account sure. the fact that this man yeah, has a handicap and they're, they're treating him well. Nothing. Hmm. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we've we've still got the uh, story to read. This is the update. Body cam footage of Columbia County, Florida, police officers arresting a legally blind man after mistaking his walking stick for a firearm was responsible for launching an investigation into the incident. James Hodges, 61, of Lake City, was crossing the street when approached by Deputy James Goad. The deputy asked Hodges for identification, which he refused to provide without probable cause. Goad said she was concerned about an item in his back pocket. Sheriff Mike Hunter, Mark Hunter, Mike Cunt, posted a statement on the department's Facebook page addressing the body cam footage. The incident occurred on October 31st at about 8 a.m. Hodges requested footage of the incident. During the review process, prior to it being released, a likely policy violation was discovered. An investigation into Hodges' arrest began on Thursday, Hunter said. When the investigation began, Hodges had not yet filed a complaint. The investigation concluded Monday, resulting in Goad and Harrison being suspended without pay. Harrison was immediately demoted and a suspension for seven days. Goad was suspended for two days. 
As sheriff, I take full responsibility for this event and want to extend my sincerest apologies to Mr. Hodges for the actions of my deputies. This conduct is unacceptable. I'm deeply saddened with the negative impact this has on our agency. Has on our agency. So he was concerned with the fact that this got out. He suspended one for two days and suspended the other for a week. For violating uh, a man's constitutional rights. That's a bullshit to me. Should have been a month. a good question that's a good question tones go back to that story it was it was goad who was suspended for a week no goad was suspended for two days it was the supervisor demoted and suspended for seven days which he was the one that was like take him to jail Yeah, Goad was suspended for two days. Supervisor Harrison was suspended and demoted. They are absolute morons. Absolute moron, 666. I don't I don't know what you're getting ready to see on this. It may need a content warning, so I'm not exactly sure what what's going to happen on this video. Alabama councilman uh, slugs mayor in racist dispute outside of city hall. We get the video. So, the mayor, and this is Councilman Bryant, Mayor Newton, Mayor Newton in the suit, gray suit, it looks like, gray, gray jacket, Councilman Bryant outside of the SUV, doesn't appear to be audio. That looks like a cop right there, doesn't it? Oh shit. Is indeed a cop because he is arresting the councilman that threw the punch. Go back and watch that again. So the mayor says something to the cop. Councilman apparently one he has small hands. 
I love that the mayor goes down to his knees and then pops back up. Councilman does it in front of a cop, gets arrested immediately. This happened in Alabama. So let's get the backstory on this. An Alabama city councilman was arrested for punching his city's mayor after a meeting. Tommy Bryant was charged with third-degree assault after striking Mayor Wayman Newton in the parking lot of Tarrant City Hall in a Monday night incident witnessed by multiple people. Witness, and it was the police chief. Witnesses say Bryant used racial slurs during the incident which came after he challenged the mayor, who was black, to step down during a heated exchange during the city council meeting. Brian has been accused of racism in the past, including an incident last year when he called another city council member a house N-word during a public meeting. He was booked into the Jefferson County Jail on a $1,000 bond on a harassment charge that was later upgraded to assault. There you go. Lugged him. You know a racist in Alabama? Surprise, surprise. Just like, who who saw this one coming? A school was named after a violent white supremacist in North Carolina, and for years, no one knew no one knew who he was. No one knew. To know that he was a violent white supremacist. <laughs> Talk about knowing your uh, your history there. A North Carolina school removed its namesake after discovering his white supremacist past. School name changes have come to symbolize culture wars nationwide. Walter L. Parsley Elementary was one of more than 80 schools nationwide to change its name following George Floyd's murder and subsequent protests. While many of those schools eschewed high-profile Confederate figures, Parsley's name was more obscure, and Wilmington's residents discovered his racist past accidentally. Two days after a tightly contested election in the fall of 1898, a white supremacist mob descended on Wilmington, North Carolina, a southern oasis of black prosperity during the Reconstruction era, uh, to take back the city from rioters, raised long-standing black businesses, burned down the city's only black newspaper, and overthrew a mixed-race, democratically elected city council in what is considered the only successful coup in American history. More than a century after scores of black residents were killed in the insurrection, Wilmington named an elementary school after one of its ringleaders, Walter L. Parsley. 
No one protested when school board members approved Parsley's name in 1999 and the tribute survived for 21 years. But by the summer of 2020, local activists had connected the name to one of the coup's leaders, stirring fury in a petition drive to change it. When she discovered her former school's namesake's violent past, the feeling was rage, it was frustration, it was anger, said Taylor White, who is black. Taylor White, who is black. But also, (laughs) just a realization that things really haven't changed that much. The push to rename Parsley Elementary and other landmarks representing 1898 coup leaders mirrored hundreds of crusades across the country to jettison symbols of historic racism following George Floyd's murder and subsequent protests. Efforts sparked local discussion about how 1898 should be memorialized in one of the most segregated school districts in the country. 21 years, didn't even know the dude was a white supremacist. Going over to Kentucky, where a student at the University of Kentucky has now been banned permanently from campus because of a viral video. So, buggle up, buggeroos. Here's the content warning for this one. We've smelled racism tonight. We've tasted racism. Oh, this is CNN. It might not play on this browser. Hold on. That's right. CNN has problems with my my browser. It sounds like cats are going nuts right outside the door. Kitties be like that sometimes. We had the uh, kitten in here going nuts earlier. What everyone wants, gift choice gift cards. Oh, hold on. That may be the reason why we were having issues. Could you stop? No. Thank you. I'm going to student at the University of Kentucky faces criminal charges after hurling racial slurs and attempting to punch a black student. It does seem very racially motivated, doesn't it? was a student employee working an overnight shift at the front desk of a dorm. She is she is clearly intoxicated. That is no excuse. Sofa Sophia Rosing pleaded not guilty to fourth degree assault. Good what is wrong with you? The student worker is laughing about it and taking it in stride despite the just horrendous nature of what is going on. So mad props to that young lady. 
Wow. She does not get paid enough for that because student workers in that scenario make minimum wage. They have their hours capped at 25. I know because I was one. I was a student worker in college. I believe the minimum wage was exactly the same. <laughs> just, just pointing that out there. The minimum wage was exactly the same when I was a student worker in college. He definitely doesn't get paid enough for that shit. Alex Jones gets paid enough to have to deal with the burden that's coming his way. Figuring out exactly how much more InfoWars host Alex Jones has to pay a group of Sandy Hook victims' families, as well as an FBI agent who responded to the school that day. Channel 3's Waterbury Bureau Chief Dennis Valera continues to follow this story very closely. He's here in the studio tonight with more. Dennis. Mark and Aaron, let's recap the awards and possible awards so far. Jones already ordered by a jury to pay $965 million in compensatory damages. That jury also saying he has to pay for the family. We, we ain't done with Alex Jones' trials. There's more to come. His attorney's fees and costs, which have been calculated to nearly $322 million and $1.5 million. The judge still has the final say on these last two numbers, as well as whatever amount she decides under the state's Unfair Trade Practices Act, which does better, not better have hope that, that that brain power, that brain, galaxy brain, whatever the fuck he sells, still selling. Judge Barbara Bellis tried to get as much guidance as she could, having to decide how much Alex Jones will have to pay in punitive damages to Sandy Hook victims' families. In Connecticut, there are two kinds of punitive damages, common law, which typically is attorney's fees and costs, also, violations to the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act, or CUTPA. He goes after the court, he goes after the lawyers, he calls the jury rigged, and why does he do that? Court documents show the family's attorneys suggest Jones pay up a staggering $2.75 trillion under CUTPA. In today's hearing, family attorney Chris Maddy said not only has Jones been intentional and malicious, he clearly has been trying to profit up to the day the verdict in this trial was read. He said $2.7 trillion? For him to do that than to give it up. It's more profitable for him to keep his audience on the hook, deceived, believing him, than it is for him to give it up. Jones's attorney, Norm Pattis, saying the nearly billion dollar award from last month is enough to do what he's called an effort to silence Jones. My view is a billion, if a billion doesn't do it, uh, a trillion isn't going to do it. Three trillion isn't going to do it. Also arguing, Jones it was three trillion. Shit. Not being able to mention his company's bankruptcy, hit him case with it, and not being able to say he did not profit from Sandy Hook coverage. Also saying there was not enough evidence to show Jones intentionally motivated people to harass the families. Obviously, a bankrupt party is not going to be in a position to pay any any anywhere near the part of this. Uh, the, 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 uh, anywhere near a, a significant part of this. Mr. Um, Balls, that's so correct. He is pulling in millions and millions a year. As well. 
Put him in a position where he is never going to make a dime again in his life. That's what I want to see. Jones' attorney, Norm Pattis, has filed for a new trial, calling the jury's verdict, quote, a result of passion and prejudice. A hearing on this motion is set for next month. In studio, Dennis Valera, Channel 3, Eyewitness News. Thank you, Dennis. Update on Alex Jones. And it's not over. He's still got more trials to go. More money to have to to have to dole out to the families he has terrorized. Oh, I wish that wasn't a YouTube short. Oh, we don't do bird videos that often. The bird video. For all you avian freaks out there. I know some of you like the birds. Got a bird for you. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm sorry, Stamp. Government drone footage. I know you guys like watching the government drones. Birds are not real. Apparently that one bird watcher that, uh, that that the woman confronted in Central Park, like he got his own show on National Geographic or like National Geographic's YouTube or something. Good on him. I think, don't hold me to that. I think I heard that. Been a long week. No freak show tomorrow, but I'll come on at the same freak time. We'll do we'll do fucking around. We'll do gaming stream. We'll do something. We'll do fucking around stream. I'll be on, but no freak show. Let's see where we're going right now. I'm on a I'm on a weed stream at some point in time. I don't know when that is in a couple weeks or something. Go hang out with Tinfoil. You know what time it is? It's time for Tinfoil. Seems like the correct time. If you're watching on Twitch, it's time for Tinfoil. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm not on other platforms. Sunday night, we'll be back on YouTube, Facebook, all that good shit. Back at full power. Do I have enough weed? Girl of the Gray, good evening. So glad to see you. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night for a fucking around stream.